The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Welcome to your Tuesday. Welcome to USFL action here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Rod Via Gomez, Justin Mark, fresh off of a week four full of fun, fantastical USFL football. Um, I'm here to tell you that this was probably one of the more entertaining weeks that we've had in a while. Every single game uh, was competitive. Uh, just about every single game came down to one of the last possessions. So, I mean, this this week is what spring football is all about. All you haters out there that hate spring football, I don't care. I love it. I love watching these. You say it's a watered-down NFL. I say it's football in the spring. Enjoy it for what it is. Allow it to breathe. Allow it to grow. Quit judging it by the NFL standards in its first season. Uh, back off. So, Justin, welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, and and I agree. I don't know if you're a football fan. I don't know how you can watch this and not like it. Um, it, it it's just it's very entertaining. It's competitive. There's the hard hits, the great catches. I mean, wh- what more do people want? I don't understand. Like they're boohooing because there's not a lot of fans in the stand. That doesn't affect the enjoyment out of watching football. The people there are like, oh, there's no fans in the stands. Well, no, because, again, we talked about it before. Birmingham is the only home team. And, yes, Birmingham gets fans. Are they packing the stadium? No, but this is the first year of this league, man. Like, the hunger's there. You just got to make sure that it lasts a couple of seasons longer than five games. So, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm so tired defending it. I just want to enjoy it. So, let's enjoy what we've got, Justin, while we've got it, right? Absolutely. All right. So fantasy football still continuing. Playoffs. Playoffs coming very soon, to be honest with you, because we're halfway. This is the halfway point of the season. This, Justin, is the watermark. If they can make it past five games, (laughs) this league is going to last the whole season long. Uh, XFL had to bow out due to COVID. Uh, The AAF stopped operations because of money. But uh, this this has no, unless a pandemic comes back again, uh, no reason to not last. It's funded for the season. Fox has it. There's no going away. Everybody's getting paid. No one's complaining that checks aren't in the mail. So, you know, it, it, it's happening. Um, and unless you are picking pizza over a salad, then you're still on the league. <laughs> Love you. I don't know why, Smith. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, with Fox's three-year plan, this is set up to extend beyond just a year, and I think that definitely helps because I'm sure they planned for you know things like the no fans and the stands, and it's all about the viewership, and it seems like that is going pretty good and kind of what they expected. So, um, yeah, it's exciting that we've made it through four weeks now going into our fifth and that it doesn't seem to be losing momentum. Again, we've seen very competitive, very entertaining plays. Is everything a Hall of Fame-worthy play? No. But in the NFL, is everything a a Hall of Fame-worthy play? No. So 
I don't want to hear anymore. All right, let's <laughs> let's set the clock, Justin. We're going to go through week four, talk about some fantasy-relevant names, and we begin, as we always do, with game number one, Friday Night Football, right? on. Uh, let's see, it was Friday Night Football, Philadelphia Stars taking on the Michigan Panthers in a game where I didn't give the Panthers very much of an opportunity to actually compete in this one, but they came out and were... Oh, so temptingly close to actually pulling this one out. 26-25 was the final. Were it not for Jeff Fisher's lack of a kicker, this game would have been the other way. Uh, but yes, Philadelphia ended up pulling it out because they're, because Michigan's kicker could not connect. Uh, you know, but here's the thing. So we saw for the Stars, Case Cookus continues to do well. 22 of 30, 190 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh it was a costly interception, but definitely still 190 yards, two touchdowns, uh, just some good stuff going on there. Um, you know, I've seen some good stuff out of Cookus. I, I think I'm I'm happy with the way he's filling in for for Brian Scott. Absolutely, I know you and I were both bummed um, that Scott wasn't going to be there because of his injury, but Cookus looked good, um, very confident. You can tell he's a very confident guy, and uh, yeah, he he played the part. The interception was bad. But, you know, aside from that, 73% passing completion percentage, 190 yards, 6.3 yards per play. And he got them to a victory, and that's that's all you need. That is all you need. Uh, and then, you know, for the rushing game, there's 113 yards uh, on the ground for the Stars. Not bad. It was uh, kind of evened up between Paul Terry and, uh, and Matt Colburn, actually. Uh, got a lot of run in this game, which we hadn't seen much of him this season, but here he is now making some noise with the stars in the backfield. Yeah, it's interesting. Two weeks in a row, he's carried the ball for exactly six times for 16 yards. So I don't know if that's his floor or his ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think in the end, that's yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But Paul Terry, I love love Paul Terry. Uh, I, I talked about him, obviously, in the uh, in the preseason, I, I love what he brought to the team, and I, I'm pretty excited that he's getting an opportunity to show what he can do. Yeah, he's looking good. Average 5.6 yards per carry last week. Um, it, I mean, if your running back is moving the ball five yards at a time, it's going to tremendously help out the whole offensive flow. It sure does. Uh, DeAndre Overton getting in the mix in the receiving game. Uh, a lot of great stuff happening all over the Stars roster. I, I feel like, like I said. Brian Scott getting lost was, it was definitely a a blow, right? I mean, it was a leadership blow. You saw in the second episode of the United by Football that Brian Scott was like, look, man, if I start to become, if my head gets too big, then by all means, lop it off, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, we both kind of have known or realized that that's just his personality. He's a down-to-earth good guy. He is too. And and again, I love, I love just a quick aside before we go to the Panthers. I love that. Uh, who was it? Was it Colburn or was it, um, I can't remember which running back it was uh, that was like, you know, every, oh no, it was Holland. And Holland was like, man, he just keeps blowing up my phone. Like he was always checking in on me and saying, oh, and then we know that firsthand because he does that to us too. Like he'll, he'll message us and just out of the blue say, Hey man, how's it going? Like, you know, just checking in on you want to see how, how things are going. It's like, dude, 
okay. <laughs> like this right. is a pro quarterback checking in on me. I'm I'm good, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. When I got that first message from him, um, it was after I had shared something about him being a you know the best quarterback in this league. Um, and then he messaged me and he's like, "Thanks for the support. I really appreciate it." It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Love it too. Uh, Jordan Sewell getting in on the mix a couple of times and Devin Gray also uh, pitching in his fair share for the Stars as well. For the Panthers, uh, well, it was supposed to be. I mean, obviously we knew that uh, that Paxton Lynch was not going to be available for this game. Well, I mean, but did we though? I don't know. Did we, did we know this going in? Uh, you know, it was questionable yeah. all the way up there. The USFL hasn't done a great job at releasing their injury reports very last minute. So it was a guessing game up until it seemed like the beginning of the game. It really was too. Uh, but Shea Patterson drew the start, only threw for 67 yards, a touchdown. And Justin, three interceptions. <laughs> I mean, Paston Lins yeah. has got to come back soon, right? I mean, it seems like no matter who's in the quarterback spot there, they aren't putting up huge numbers. And you, you can kind of expect that from a normal Jeff Fisher offense, but he did say preseason that they were going to, he was going to open it up, and we have not seen that at all. Well, if opening it up means handing the ball to Reggie Corbin about a half a dozen times, or actually a whole dozen times, uh, then that then that's exactly it. Corbin, the main offensive threat on this team. 12 attempts, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Shea Patterson did run, though. For what he did not pass, he did run. He pulled it down nine times for 79 yards, got that touchdown as well. So Shea Patterson was killing him with his legs today, or, or Friday. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the one part of his game that looked really good, um, just tucking and run. He had an 8.8 .8 average and the touchdown along of 37. So you like to see that out of your quarterback. You like to see the mobility, especially when we talk about fantasy football purposes. Um, and then Reggie Corbin, just averaging 12.7 yards per carry, he had that 88-yard touchdown run. He has looked insane since he's been activated. Yeah, Philly had no, no answer for him whatsoever. Uh, Cameron Scarlett also getting in the mix, carrying it four times for 17 yards. Lots of other little carries, and yes, you're right. Uh, this is definitely a run-first team as 36 total rushes for 250 yards, two touchdowns for the Panthers. That was it, man. That was their offense. It was, yeah. So unless teams can figure out how to stop that, I'm I'm thinking the Panthers are going to be, I don't want to say in the mix. I mean, they're one and three. They're not far out of the playoff mix. But, you know, I think they might have some something for the league if they can keep wearing them down with the run game. Yeah, their defense isn't terrible. And like you said, that run game, if they can keep it going, um, the main thing will be, you know, if defenses start just keying in on the run and saying, try to beat us with the pass. Can Shea Patterson or Paxton Lynch beat them with the pass? My question, though, if if Jeff Fisher would have gotten a little more aggressive at the end of that game, instead of with 33 seconds to go, handing the ball off to Reggie Corbin one more time on a third and one, and, and or it was first and three with three seconds left. Like If he had been just a little more aggressive and, and not waited for that kicker, do you think they would have won that game? Um, it's very possible. He lost the game in the most Jeff Fisher way. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. Uh, it was so bad. I mean, that poor, I mean, look, I feel bad for kickers in general, especially this league, because you've seen some gigantic, uh, just inconsistencies left and right. In fact, Nick Rose got released, right? Yep. 
And so that's a big that's a big name if you had him on your fantasy rosters. Uh, like I think I did at one point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Carrizoza just shanked it. And and you almost felt like it was coming too. You like you just knew. Yep. It, it's it's because it's Jeff Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> you you're like, oh, well, he's setting up for a field goal with three seconds left. Yep. They're gonna lose. This isn't <laughs> this isn't gonna happen. Uh, but again, the final score there, 26-25. Really good fantasy production from folks that you may have been sitting on. And if you had uh Corbin in your in your lineup, you were definitely happy with that 152 yard performance. Um, that definitely got you a good good chunk. I mean, he got one catch, so you got a free point out of that as well. Biggest disappointment for me was my man, Bug Howard. Oh. Six targets, but only four catches for 15 yards. Yeah, poor Bug. He could not get a whole lot. And I don't know, it's it's not that Cookus isn't looking for him. You're right, six targets. It's just that he's not connecting with them. Yep. He, does, he doesn't have that same connection that he and Scott had. Yeah. <laughs> so bring it back. Bring the Scott connection back. That's right. Uh, all right, let's move to New Jersey Generals versus the Pittsburgh Maulers. Again, though, Justin, this is a game where Pittsburgh, we weren't really given, at least I wasn't given Pittsburgh a whole lot of opportunity to, to beat the Generals, but they still made it semi-close. 21-13 was the final score, and really it almost kind of looked like the Maulers were going to pull back into it, especially in that second quarter when they scored 10 points. Um but the generals were pretty consistent. Seven in the first, seven in the second, seven in the third. And, you know, it, it really just came down to a few plays here and there that, that were the difference of it all. Uh, but for the generals, it's the two-headed quarterback monster, and it's not slowing down. We thought for sure last week that DeAndre Johnson may have cemented himself as the starting quarterback in on this team. Uh, but they were like, nope. We are going, Mike Riley said, we are going to go with two quarterbacks for the rest of this year and we're winning games. We're going to keep doing it. So Perez, 11 of 14, 102, no touchdown passes. In fact, the touchdown pass went to DeAndre Johnson, who only completed nine passes on 10 attempts for 98 yards and that touchdown. Uh, Justin, quarterback play. Is this, is this sustainable? Uh, for them winning games, it seems to be. For fantasy football, I don't know, because it seems like DeAndre Johnson is the quarterback to have, but his rushing yards, you know, week one, great rushing out, output. Week two, he was down. Week three, great output. And then this last week, his rushing was down again. So if pattern remains consistent, then we'll see he has good rushing next week, right? Um, that's what you got to hope on. But um and then DeAndre Johnson actually leads the league in passing completion percentage right now at 71%. He's 1% higher than Brian Scott. So um, it's interesting that they continue to keep the the two-headed monster, I guess. We'll call him a monster while they keep winning games. Um, continue to go that way. You know, it's working for them. I don't know if it's working for fantasy rosters, though. No, for fantasy, this is about the worst scenario you can have, especially if you, if you drafted Perez with the intent that he was going to be that passing guy that gets you all the passing yardages and the passing touchdowns, and he's not doing that. Okay, I, I almost want to pause the clock because I want to take a second just to say that Perez is still exactly who I thought he was. Like, my opinion on Perez has not changed. Again, these guys are far more talented than I am. I will never take away from their athletic ability to be professional players because I cannot. But I mean, we can't keep saying that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league 
because he's just not. Like, he's not. DeAndre Johnson, I still feel, is a better fit for that team all the way around than Luis Perez. 100% agree with you there. Um, and like you said, not saying that Perez is bad. It's just all the hype and smoke that he got when he got signed. Um, you know, it, it just, he's not living up to that. And you called it right away um, with saying that, you know, I, I realize people are excited, but when from what I've seen, he's just really an up and down kind of inconsistent type quarterback. And that's what we've seen. Can he get better? Should he get more reps? Absolutely. Everybody can. But Right now, he just needs that. So, uh, uh, all right. So, Darius Victor, 10 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Dude looked like a freaking bowling ball again this week. Uh, Kevontae Turpin carried the ball four times for 37 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, we alluded to it earlier. Johnson carrying the ball 11 times for 14 yards. Not quite the effective running day that he's used to. Uh, for the generals, Alonzo Moore finally showed up three catches, 104 yards and a touchdown. Great day for him. Gavante Turpin caught six passes for 28 yards. Uh, and then Woody Brandom getting in the mix, two catches for 22 yards. Victor three for 22. It seems like they didn't have a good passing day, but boy, everybody caught sure caught some passes, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what a day by Alonzo Moore. What a day by Alonzo Moore. That was a great, great outing for him. I'm so glad to see that finally. Yeah, yeah, it was it was due. I mean, I think we all kind of had a little excitement about him and his abilities, and it was time for him to have a big output like that. Yep, and I think bigger times are ahead for him too because he definitely proved to be the better of all of them. Uh, for the Maulers, Kyle Laletta tried to do what he could do. Yeah, Josh Love uh, did not. Wait, yeah, Josh Love. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep, Remember, I can't get my loves, my loves right. Uh, right. But Kyle Loletta started this game 15 to 32, 169 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Madre London was a, a big name in this because he came in and had a long of 37. But unfortunately, that was about it. Six yards uh, on top of that, that long run. So he carried the ball five times for 43 yards. But Garrett Groshek, 14 of 37 and a touchdown. <sighs> I don't know. There's not much you can say about this. Joe Walker, nine catches, 110 yards in a great effort. In, in But after that, <laughs> he caught nine passes. Uh, but there were only 15 passes caught for the day. Between Thedford, Groshek, Lynn, Mack, Hardaway, Walker, all of them only had one catch apiece. Yeah. It's it's bad when your second highest performer um, in the receiving group is a tight end who had one catch for 16 yards. At that point, what do you do? Like, yeah. what do the Maulers do now? I mean, it just seems like Davion Smith could have been so much more for them. Yeah, agreed. Um, and this is the second week in a row that Madre London has ran for more yards than Groshek. Uh, I know Groshek got more carries, but London had a better performance again. Something to kind of keep an eye on. The Maulers did sign Vad Lee, the quarterback, out of James Madison. Um, they announced that this morning. And there are rumors that Josh Love is on his way out the door. So um, maybe given another week or two, maybe we'll see Vadley instead of Kyle Aletta. And maybe that's what they need to get some more passing yards aside from one receiver. You know who I think needs to hit the transaction list? And that's Kirby Wilson. That guy, <laughs> I honestly don't know if, I mean, again, I, I always hate criticizing people about their jobs because you could pick me apart every day and twice on Sunday. Like, I'm 
totally flawed in my own rights. But by the same token, I, I would, as a player, as a human being, I don't, I don't do well with the Kirby Wilson style of, of management, of, of being yelled at constantly. I mean, look, I get passion, but then there's just, he just seems to always be screaming at his guys. Like every single time you see him on the show, on the sidelines, he's just yelling at him. And, and there was a good, a good reference the other day where they said, if you're going to yell, yell with information. Don't just yell. Let's go. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted Kirby Wilson to succeed. I was excited when he got hired. Um, it, it just, it's not happening there. And, and I agree with you. The, the yelling all the time style. It's one of the reasons I picked the stars as my team this year was Bart Andrus in that first um, thing they released before the game. He came out to his players and he said, I'm not going to yell at you because you're not going to learn that way. I want to teach you. I'm a teacher. And, and I really, I really liked that approach because we far too often just see guys screaming at each other and it's like, just cool it and uh, try to try to coach them up, teach them some stuff. And that's all you got to do. These guys are professionals, right? I mean, <laughs> I know that a lot of them are raw. A lot of them don't have former professional experience, but the second you start paying them, they're professionals. So, you know, these For guys sure. have done stuff to get there. Recognize that. Don't just yell at them and tell them how, you know, they got to be respectful. You got to respect everybody. You can't order pizza. Like, Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then, I get, I get where Davion Smith was coming from in his tweet as far as uh, trying to back him up. Like, he, Kirby really did just throw him under the bus. Uh, as a coach, sure. you should not have even opened your mouth about that part, you know? Like, yeah, I agreed. It's like, come on, man. And then to, to say it in front of the entire team, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. Uh, all right, let us move on to the Tampa Bay Bandits taking on the Birmingham Stallions. Bandits fall to 2-2 two and two as they lose to the 4-0 home team Baltimore Stallions, 16-10. to 10. Look it, I'm going to just ask you this straight up. Jordan Ta'amu, 13-22, to 22, 125 and a touchdown, but has he been exposed? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's he was a guy that I think just received way too much hype coming into this and, and that's not of his fault by any means but he's just not the flashy quarterback that everybody expected him to be um you know his passing completion percentage is seventh in the league at 56 percent, so he's barely above 50 percent three touchdowns four interceptions um only five and a half yards per throw it, it's just it's not there right now, unfortunately. And, and he, I think he's a very talented guy. It's just not um, showing up on game days, except for when he takes off and runs the ball. Of course, he seems to be leading them in, in rushing yards. But as far as the passing game goes, uh, they're just the defenses know how to frustrate him now. And all you got to do is just bring a, a lot of pressure at him. That's, mm -hmm. that's really all you got to do. If you continue to pressure him all day, just like Baltimore did, then you are going to upset his game. You are going to make him try to do everything on his own, and, and he just can't. I mean, you know, in, in situations where this is all brand new to a lot of people, it's very difficult when you are asking a quarterback to improvise and to make things up as he goes along when he's not quite familiar 
with everybody that's around him and they haven't been around for a season or two or three or four, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost starting to think or realize that the guys that didn't get a shot in the NFL, whether it be practice squads, training camp, whatever, the guys that didn't get a shot seem to be performing better. Um, and, and it really opens your eyes to like, you know, why didn't they get their shot? But, um, some of those guys that came into the NFL and then out of it quickly, you're starting to think, well, maybe there was a reason for that. You know, Tamo can't hold up to the defensive pressure. Um, so it kind of makes a lot of sense. Whereas a guy like Dondra Johnson, who never really got that opportunity has been doing very well. Exactly. They don't know what they don't know, to be right. honest with you. That's, that's really what it is all about. Um, uh, yeah. And he was sacked three times. So again, all you got to do is bring some pressure to his face and, and he's going to figure out that he needs to figure something out. <laughs> so Jordan Tamu, uh, leading rusher on that team, just like you alluded to, six carries, 34 yards. BJ Emmons, <laughs> 11 carries, 18 yards. The run game was not effective outside of Jordan Tommy. You can't get anything done with a 1.6 yard average. You absolutely cannot. And then uh, a week after we saw Juwan Washington have a great game, he gets three carries for one yard. So it didn't, it wasn't even really given the opportunity. Um, I know they have offensive line issues right now, but um, you, if you can't run the ball, you're probably not going to win many games. Yeah, no, it definitely was annoying. Uh, Cheyenne O'Grady, two catches, 35 yards, leads the receivers in yardage. But it was uh, Dylan, three catches, 26 yards, that led in reception. Uh, yeah, again, man, Papali got two catches for 21 yards. Uh, Willie's got one for 17. B.J. Emmons caught a couple. Hampton caught one. Franklin caught one. But, you know, when your leading receiver gets 35 yards and it's still your tight end, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Rashard Davis was the only one with the touchdown catch. It was only catch for nine yards. Not a lot to hang your hat on, especially for fantasy purposes here. Yeah. Um, can we trust any bandits for fantasy football right now? Because I don't, I don't feel like we can. Even Tom was kind of getting there. Yeah, that's and that's what's crazy when you when you were laying out the season, the Bandits was supposed to be one of the hottest offenses in the league, and right now, there's just nothing. I mean, there's really no production that you can say is going to make me want to to put them in your lineup. Not at all, and the defense is doing nothing to help. If you have room, I mean, if you have no other option, I mean, then yeah, that's what you got. But, uh, all right, turn our attention over to Birmingham, uh, where it was uh, Mr. Magoo making the start. Your buddy Magoo, I know, you're shaking your head because you had a chance to actually start him and you couldn't. Right. Yeah, I have both Jamar and Magoo, and um, they had not made the announcement before I got in my car to drive back home. And then I looked after I was home and Magoo was in there starting. You want to frustrate but, a fantasy player? He, yeah, right. Yeah, he didn't do bad, but I, I you know, I think um, Jamar had that illness. I'm going to go ahead and assume that's why he didn't play. They said he was active, but he didn't play. Um, I mean, if you look at the performances he's had compared to how Magoo did, 14 for 26, 126 yards, I think when Jamar's healthy, you got to go back with him, right? Absolutely. You can't, I mean, he was, I mean, look, they, they got away with a win, but it was mainly because of their defense. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously just the simple fact that Jamar is a little more of a, uh, a present leader in the running game too. You, you definitely missed his rushes. 
uh, on this because C.J. Marable was the leading rusher, 17 carries, 55 yards. I mean, again, that a lot of those carries would have gone to Jamar. For sure, yep. And we'll talk about a little bit later who they might go to going forward. Uh, and then Magoo, look at look at the tease. It's the tease. <laughs> That's uh, right. Magoo actually pulled it down though. Nine carries, thirty nine yards. Uh, not bad for him. And he had that touchdown. So that that was a good uh, a good day for him on the ground. Yeah, um, that seemed to be the, I guess the highlight of his day. You know, everything else was pretty mediocre, but that that part was um, a highlight at least. Hey, at least he got to show what he can do. Uh, right. So Tony Brooks James got five carries, thirty-two. All in all, they they ran the ball thirty-one times for one hundred and twenty-six yards, which is not very un, uh, out of the question for the Stallions. Uh, as far as throwing the ball, Victor Bolden Jr. gets five catches for sixty-one yards, and then the next leading receiver in terms of yardage is Tony Brooks James, two for fifteen. We're still. I mean, you see it again. Justin, where it's like one receiver catches everything and then everybody else just kind of gets a smattering of here, have a catch. Yeah, for sure. And Bolden was targeted 10 times, 38% of the target share. So he's definitely the guy that whether it's Magoo or Smith in there, they're looking his way the most. And if you have him on your fantasy roster, I mean, you may need help otherwise, other places. So if you're going to try to flip him for somebody, uh, you, you want to go high i mean at this point at this point though it's hard to let go of any fantasy relevant players because you just don't know week to week who's going to be that guy that steps up for you i agree i mean i'm still kicking myself when corbin was inactive i thought man with stevie scott and cameron scarlett looking good he's not gonna mean a whole lot and then like he comes in and does what he did and i traded him away <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, but we don't know. We don't know yeah. what we don't know. I'm going to go back to that saying <laughs> there again. You go. So it just, it's tough. Um, yeah, Marable gets a catch in there. Uh, St- Serge Surratt gets a catch for 12 yards. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's Victor Bolden and then it's everybody else at this point. So if you have a, a Birmingham pass catcher, just cross your fingers and hope for the best after every, <laughs> every game. For sure. Uh, all right. The final game of the slate. By far, I, I almost feel like this might have been the most entertaining uh, because there was just stuff happening every second. I, it just felt like something was happening every play. And and whether or not it was offensive or, or it just sometimes it was just something happening after the play, too, that was going on. You just kind of couldn't, couldn't look away from this game as the gamblers. Ugh. Heartbreaker, sixteen to twenty-three, to the New Orleans Breakers. Uh, and yeah, I mean they fall to one and three. Breakers improved to three and one, but this game, Justin, like I said, just felt like it had a little bit of everything. Agreed, and, and it really feels like it should have been the Gamblers' game. I, I mean, I know their offensive stats compared to the Breakers don't look like it, but this was their game, and, and of course they lost it in the last seconds there, but they should have won this game. We praised Clayton Thorson last week for actually looking pretty good, but this week he he just was mediocre again. Uh, 14 to 26, 127 yards and a touchdown. My question though, and I'm wondering how much of this has to do because we we've seen we haven't really seen a lot of of well big uh, games out of quarterbacks this year. I mean, Brian Scott had the most with 220 some odd yards. Is it field position? Are we because of the kickoffs being able to be run back? Is this really what's eating into these quarterbacks' production? 
I think that's what makes the most sense. I mean, you have a shorter field every time. So um, I definitely think that's part of it. And then, uh, you know, your defenses are in a short, you know, they still, if you think about it, haven't been together as a team for a long period of time. And they always say the defense is ahead of the offense. So I think that's probably the second part there. I think so too. I mean, again, it just, when you start to see, uh, when you start to see 130, 140 on a, on a week to week basis, there's, there's a pattern there. And it's, you know, who knows what, what's going on in there. But anyways, Clayton Thorson, like I said, uh, 1426, 127 yards. He'd get that touchdown. But uh, it was really a lack. This this game, the whole Gamblers team is defined by the run, right? By Mark Thompson being the leading rusher in the USFL, getting the most. But Thompson could not get going. 14 carries, 10 yards. He did not even average a single yard per carry in this game, I mean, New Orleans had to have just game planned the hell out of that, right? That's what I think. I mean, if you rely on one player, why won't the defense just key in on that one player? And I think that's what happened here. Um, and there were a lot of people on fantasy, DFS, everything, depending on, oh, Mark Thompson's going to have another game because that's just what he's been doing. And uh, now we see him put up a, a dud, basically. Well, we knew that the Breakers' defense was for real. We really, I mean, it's, it, nobody doubted that. I mean, that that's one of the things that we knew going in, but we didn't know how good they were until uh, until Thompson, you know, just could not get anything going against him. Um, but the leading rusher in terms of yardage, guess who pops his head up? Devois or Whaley. <clears throat> he comes in, carries for 11 yards, <laughs> leads all rushers, but he does it on three carries. Yeah, um, we've been waiting for him to be active and see what kind of impact he was going to make. And um, obviously not given a lot of opportunity here, only three carries, but led the team with 11 yards, which is silly to say. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons that the Gamblers didn't win this game, I think. They couldn't control the clock. They couldn't get the run game going. And when your leading rusher has 11 yards, you're going to struggle. Exactly. Isaiah Zuber making some great catches. Five for 46 in total. Uh, JoJo Ward comes down with a touchdown. Two catches uh, for 31 yards. Brandon Barnes grabs a couple. Wiley grabs a couple. Palka, Ratliff. All single digits. All single digit yardage, too, at the end. It just, we didn't see anything out of Anthony Ratliff-Williams like we would hope after a big week. And, you know, again, you know, you just, week to week, you don't know with these guys. Isaiah Zuber seems to be the most uh, stable of them all. And JoJo Ward has that big pop potential. Yeah, I agree. Zuber seems to be the go-to guy. Um, Ward, after missing two weeks, is back and got the touchdown. So that was good to see him get back in the mix. Um, but yeah, those guys like Ratliff Williams, Simmons, that have had some good games, now they have one catch, two catch for four and six yards. So um, it's one of the challenges to usfl fantasy football is like you said it, you never know who's gonna go off one game and who's gonna put up zero exactly uh all right so we had just we literally just got done saying that uh that there haven't been a whole lot of big performances out of quarterbacks and kyle sloter wants to prove us wrong 27 completions on 43 it's 43 attempts the dude just threw the ball all over the place and we'll talk about the running game in a second but he completes 27 passes for 414. This is the most, obviously, yardage that we've seen out of a quarterback all season long. But, but Justin, 414 yards, only one touchdown, and three 
interceptions. Three interceptions, and yet the uh, Bra- or the Gamblers could not win the game. Yeah, um, when you look at the stats and you look at Slaughter had 414 yards to Thorson's 127. The Gamblers only had 20-some rushing yards. Breakers should have blown them out, but they didn't because they couldn't get out of their own way. Three interceptions. Slaughter also lost a fumble. Um, you know, you can throw for as many yards as you want, but if you can't protect the football, it doesn't matter. Um, he does become the first quarterback to eclipse a thousand yards, though. I think you and I would both say Brian Scott would have been there had he stayed healthy. Um, cause he was leading at the time of his injury. So yeah, you can throw for as many yards as you want, but if you can't protect that football, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Well, and I mean, again, for Kyle Sloter, we, we talked about how good he was. I mean, it's not like we, we didn't. Yeah. And in fact, he's one of the, he's one of the guys where I feel like this is what uh, a USFL quarterback can and should be right. And we talked about that with Brian Scott, Kyle Sloter, I think is the same thing. Now everyone is all, well, yeah, but he threw three interceptions. Yeah, I know. But reps will take some of that away from you. You know, you, you can settle into a role and it, your second or third year as a quarterback, a USFL quarterback, you can eliminate some of those mistakes, especially if you're with the same guys on the roster, right? For sure, yeah. He's definitely um, improved since week one, and you can expect him to continue to improve and clean up those mistakes. Especially as the players around him improve as well. Jordan Ellis, 19 carries, 104 yards, a big day offensively. For the breakers. So if you had any breakers in your fantasy roster, you were pretty happy. Uh, again, with BJ or Jordan Ellis, rather, 1904 and a touchdown. Uh, Larry Rose gets in the mix for six carries and 16 yards. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the running game, they carried the ball 28 times for 124 yards total. Slaughter running a, a couple of times as well. So, I mean, Jordan Ellis, man, this this was his game. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, before TJ Logan was cut, we kind of saw Logan cutting into some of Ellis's work. Um, now that he's cut, that's obviously not the case. And this is definitely Ellis's backfield. And they knew it right off the jump, too. I mean, they, they put it in, in his hands 19 times on a day where his quarterback threw 43 passes. So, you know, a lot of times you see a number like 43 and you don't see a lot of running attempts. Well, this is a lot of offensive plays for the breakers and i think going forward it's gonna gonna continue to be that way but what we don't know is who's always going to be catching those passes because this one got uh you know tossed around quite a bit as well i know sal canella had a few pass uh, catches in there um or nat or uh <laughs> all these jordans and these joshes and everything uh adam six catches 101 uh um yards and the touchdown the Pivotal touchdown, as it were. Uh, Taylor, four catches for 112 yards. Poindexter, three for 43. Uh, Dixon, two for 43. Ellis got four catches. Rose got two catches. Seems like everybody was catching a pass over there in in Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. And the targets are spread out pretty good, too. Um, Taewon Taylor with five. Adams and Canella, nine. Poindexter, three. Dixon, five. And Ellis with seven. So definitely spreading the ball around a lot more than we saw on some of the other teams, Um, which can be a great thing for fantasy-wise. It can be a frustrating thing fantasy-wise because your guy might not be the one that has the 100-yard game that week. Um, like Johnny Dixon, who had a really good game with two touchdowns last week, comes two receptions, 43 yards this week. So uh, disappointing if you started him and kind of expected some similar production. 
Indeed. Keep an eye on Taewon Taylor, though. I mean, if he's out there in your league on the way, probably not on your waiver wire, but uh, if you want to try to make a move for him, this will be the, or if you actually want to try to move him, this may be the best week to move him as well. Uh, who knows what his value is going to be, but I have a feeling that it's going to be good. So if you can try to grab him from the, the manager that's got him, it's worth a shot. See what you can do. Agreed. Well, we'll see what we can do about starting and sitting after we come back from the break here. And we will talk about WinBet, shall we? Make sure to get down on WinBet's $50 to win $200 promotion where our $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win's own Build Your Own Bet Future feature future all users can receive a $20 free bet when they win lose or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday you can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs so much to choose from all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? Carpets need cleaning, drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping as long as you use the promo code SGP. Start off your spring cleaning. Use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedge. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you know it's a major asset to the new shower routine. Start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Shave Balls initiative. Get 20% off now and free shipping with the promo code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Time to throw out your old hygiene habit and upgrade your life. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotic, aptogens to help you start your day off right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Plus, it only costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know 
that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, or ISP, other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even where you're sitting right this very second, your physical location is going to be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's literally that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. It's offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for you, our listeners, with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP. Use that promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Well, we have broken down week four for you. Again, we're giving you all those fantasy-relevant names that you got to keep an eye on. But now, we answer the tough questions, Justin, because people want to know, who do I start? Who do I sit? What players am I supposed to win with on a week-to-week basis? The, the, good, the short answer is that we don't know. But the long answer is that we're going to give you our best educated guess as far as who we think is the most consistent and, uh, and, you know, who will actually help you win a USFL fantasy championship at the end of the, uh, end of the year. So, Justin, we begin with your pick. Again, we always pick uh, three or four. Three, usually. But uh, we'll start with DeAndre Overton. Uh, again, this is one of those guys where I feel like he definitely does have a lot more upside to go in the rest of the season, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I stole from Cody's book and added an extra this week. Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, DeAndre Overton, definitely I would put as a start. Um, He has three touchdowns in three weeks. So whether it's Scott or Cookus throwing the ball, they're looking his way in the red zone. And when you have up and down performances from almost all receivers, we're not seeing very many receivers week in, week out, just have huge yardage games. So you're going to start chasing those touchdowns. Um, the yards have been there some weeks, not there some weeks. You know, I had three catches for 42 yards, two catches for 15 yards, and then four catches for 73 yards, but a touchdown each of those games. And he's 12% of the target share on a Stars team that passes the ball a lot. Um, it, you know, and they move the ball well, and we saw Cookus move the ball well too. So Overton is definitely somebody that you want in your lineups and that can help you win this week. One of three receivers with three touchdowns on the year. Again, you like to see that. He's eighth in the league in receiving yards with 164 total. Uh, 11 catches, though, that's the one thing that I, like you had said, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it's just you want to see more consistency out of him. You want to see more catches out of him. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that again, this is going to be a guy that's going to continue to get more and more involved. And the fact that he does have, uh, three touchdowns this season, 
that's an easy six points for you right there. Uh, and in PPR, yeah, you want to see more catches, but I think they're coming. Absolutely, I agree. And I really, so what I want to see more out of this Stars offense too is I want to see them get back to that quick passing game. Uh, the, the, what they what they were doing with Brian Scott. Throwing it deep works, yeah, but again, I think these guys are going to make their, their living over the middle. Yeah, and I think with, um, you know, another week of practice and getting just comfortable with the offense and the players, I think um, Cookus will get there. It's And it's his team. I mean, this is definitely his team now. There's no Brian Scott looming in the background. Uh, even though, you know, I, I know that he wants to rehab and get back quickly, uh, we don't know if that's going to be this season. We don't know if he's even going to go back to the Stars. Um, so, yeah. But in the meantime, yeah, DeAndre Overton, definitely a guy that you need to keep an eye on because, I, again, I, I feel like his days, his better days are ahead of him. Uh, and, and, you know, they're looking at him. He's in the top part of the league as far as targets is is concerned as well so you know they're looking for him and you want it you like to see that so uh all right let us move on to a guy where listen (laughs) if we would have been talking about whether or not to start or sit jordan ta'amu uh when the season started everybody would be like yeah okay that's that's a dumb question next but here we are into this season and and that's a legit question I really do think it is because Jordan Ta'amu obviously started the year off with a bang, but now, yeah, okay, he's second in the in the league in terms of yardage, but again, he's just inconsistent. He's fifth overall in touchdown passes with three, so I don't know. You're about to tell me all of this, uh, Justin, so tell me about Jordan Ta'amu. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're honest, you probably don't have the liberty of not starting him. Um, it does depend on your league size, you know, maybe you only have four in your league or even in like, uh, the SGP, um, bonus leagues, um, there's six guys. I would, uh, say there's, there might be somebody still available just last week. Um, Nick fortune that's in our SGP listener league. He had Brian Scott had to go to the waiver wire to the injury. He picked up Clayton Thorson who has, who's leading the league in touch passing touchdowns right now yes he's also tied for the most interceptions but um but with with those touchdowns you know he's getting you some more points than tamu is some weeks um and tamu has thrown for 185 yards 62 yards 255 and then last week 125 so nothing that is just jumping off the page at you well and so huh go ahead oh no 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 (laughs) I was like, wait, I, no, <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, nah, and, and you know, if you have the opportunity, because look, Shea Patterson, I don't know how many people still, Kyle Loletta, Paxton Lynch, if Paxton Lynch is still out there, I would definitely try to grab Paxton Lynch as a backup to Jordan Tomu because at some, at some point you may actually end up using him. Case Cookus might be there. I mean, somebody might have thought, well, Case Cookus isn't going to be Brian Scott, which is probably true, you know, but he's doing a serviceable job right now. Um, And as of right now, I know the sample size is small, but he's got more consistency than uh, um, Tamu has. I mean, our league is full of sharks. So, like, we we, we pounce on anything and everything that's out there, especially our... our, uh, I guess the SGPN league proper where there's no bench spots. Everybody's got everybody. So we're kind of stuck with where we're at. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're in one of those uh, SGPN setups where you can only have two bench spots, there's got to be another quarterback out there to just hedge yourself on because it's definitely something that uh, you're going to need to do. Yeah, did you see there's one undefeated team left in our uh, expert league? And who is that? That would be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she is killing everybody right now. It's so crazy. Uh, um, yeah, Jordan Tamu, again, when you look at his, his production week to week, he's only got 34 points right now, whereas Brian Scott has 46 and he hasn't played in two weeks. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> he had eight week one four week two, and he finally blew up for 21 last week. It's not, you know, again, I don't know that he's going to continue to get you 21 points. I think he's more in the middle of that that eight point and 21 point range somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And, and and Tamu still has a lot of hype behind the name, it seems like, even though we haven't seen these huge performances. So if you have him and you're disappointed, maybe package him with um, a position that you are heavy in, whether it's wide receiver, running back, and trade for like uh, Jamar Smith, or maybe you can even get Sloter. Um, you know, wrap him up with somebody and give yourself a, a better option at quarterback. I mean, you got to. DeAndre Johnson, part-time quarterback, still 43 <laughs> points and more than Jordan Tamu. So, huh, I don't know. I, I can only bang the drum against him so many times before I got to tell people, look, you know, he's done. He's not good. Uh, all right. <laughs> Move on to Mark Thompson. We saw a very, very bad week out of Mark Thompson. So, I'm sure there's a lot of folks wondering if that's going to continue from week to week. So, what are we thinking on Mark Thompson? Yeah, I think this is more of an anomaly. I think it's he went against a very good Breakers defense that they're not only very good, they're coached very well. They had a great game plan going into that game. Um, so I know it's going to be, you, you're going to find yourself thinking it's awful risky to start him again, but I think you throw him in there and you, you don't worry about it. You know, he has 65% of the carries out of the backfield. Um, he's still the second leading rusher, even after that dud last week. Um, Jordan Ellis is the only one that has surpassed him. Week one, he had 71 yards, 93 yards week two, 147 week three, and a touchdown. Um, I think he gets back to, you know, that 70 to 90 range next week. And um, so I, I, I know it's always scary throwing somebody in who put up a point, but I think with Mark Thompson, I don't think you have to worry about it. You should not worry about it at all. He's still the first on the the first running back in fantasy with thirty eight point six points. And really, Trey Williams is at thirty six. Uh, Darius Victor's at thirty six. T.J. Logan, who isn't even in the league anymore, is at thirty four. So, you know, as far as fantasy running backs, he's still number one, and he's going to continue to be number one. Houston is not going to get away from running the ball just because they had one bad game against it. Just as much as the defenses can scheme against their running back, <clears throat> they can scheme against other defenses trying to stop their running back. So, yeah. For I, sure. I have every faith that you can fire him back up again. Absolutely. So, don't be scared off by one bad Mark Thompson game. But I will say, though, that if you have Mark Thompson, you've probably won uh, a few more weeks because of him anyways. Um, so, I, I, you know, again... Don't let one week of these guys scare you off, especially when you can see the tendencies of their team to continue to use them because touches mean everything, especially in a short league with short benches. Absolutely. Agreed. So, all right. Let us move on to 
B.J. Emmons. B.J. Emmons all of a sudden started getting work. <laughs> but now, I, you know, he's just not really doing anything with that work, uh, which kind of leads you to think at one point you were like, yeah, okay, B.J. Emmons, definitely somebody I want. Uh, but now it seems like because Tampa, we were talking about how bad Tampa has been lately. Uh, now all of a sudden, B.J. Emmons doesn't seem like a tempting offer. 13 points uh, in week one, eight points in week two, five points in week three, uh, and then nothing pretty much last week. So what are we doing with B.J. Emmons? Because for me, I'm not sure that I'm trusting him, especially when his quarterback is is outrushing him in a week. Uh, 11 carries, 18 yards last week, 1.6 average. I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in B.J. Emmons anymore. Yeah, I agree. And um, even throughout the four weeks that they've played already, his average is 2.7 yards per carry. So, you know, at that rate, it doesn't matter if he's getting the ball 10 or 20 times. He's not putting up a ton of points for you. Um, their offensive line issues have become very obvious, especially in the run game. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's somebody you can rely on. And and again, if you have him, I don't see, that's the thing. When you draft these guys, especially early in the season, you're going on name recognition or whatever research you had. And you and I, I don't think we were really even that high on BJ Ammons to come in at all. No, no. Um, I mean, I'm not saying, again, we're not saying anybody is a bad player, but there wasn't anything that was necessarily really jumping off the page at us. No. And so now BJ Emmons can be safely stashed in your bench for now because there's other options that are getting more carries. I mean, you may have Madre. We talked about Madre London a couple of weeks ago. He may even still be out there on, on the waiver wire. Even Tony Brooks James uh, may still be out there on the waiver wire, depending on your, your bench size or your league size. Uh, Paul Terry might still be out there, you know? It, so that's somebody you might want to try to grab off as well. Um, <clears throat> because these guys are going to end up being, I think, better than Emmons in the long run because Joan Washington is still out there and still a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would also even look at like a guy like Darnell Holland, who's been injured the past two weeks, but when he was active, he was part of that um, Stars offense and staying active. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see how the workload is split between him and Terry once um, he's healthy. Yeah, that's that's going to be something too because I I did like Holland. In fact, I I liked I liked Terry more than Holland, but I still liked Holland preseason. I, that much I do know. So, yeah, and I think I think there's a scenario where they both find success um, and both are relevant, especially because both of those guys can catch out of the backfield. And that's what I was going to bring up too. Paul Terry can definitely get you catches in the PPR game. Uh, all right, let's move on and we'll talk about Garrett Groshek who one of these guys that on a running team, the running back's going to be valuable, right? Well, unfortunately, we have seen in the last couple of weeks that Garrett Groshek is, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I don't know if he hit a wall or what, but uh, right now he's got 18.5 total fantasy points on the season. Five in week one, eight in week seven, or week two, 8.7, and four in week three. But last week was uh, not good for him either as he actually only carried the ball a handful of times and it was four, no, 14 times for 37 yards, 2.6 yard average. He did get you that touchdown, Savage do that points at least, but it, had he not gotten that touchdown, he'd have been looking at a pretty bad fantasy day. 
Yeah, um, it's just he's not been able to be consistent. Um, a guy I was really excited about, um, you know, I thought Smith was going to win that job, and then, of course, he got cut. So I was really excited to see what Groshek could do because he's a hard physical runner. But he just hasn't been able to put up a lot of points or a lot of yards. You know, 77 was his highest. Um, and then week four, he did have 67% of the backfield carries, but week three, he had 45%. So um, there's a little inconsistency there of who they're going with, whether it be Madre London or Garrett Groshek, and that hurts his um, his value. Now, I don't know if you can afford to bench him. I, I suppose it depends what your roster looks like, but um, this definitely is not the rushing attack that we, we had all hoped or thought it would be under Kirby Wilson. Well, again, when we talk about Jordan Ellis, he he had 20 points in, in the breakers backfield. Uh, but Garrett Groshek only had 11.4. So a guy like Jordan Ellis, who not very many people were, were banging the drum for coming into it, had more fantasy points than Garrett Groshek, who, you know, again, was on a, a hard-running team and yet didn't end up coming out at all for for any sort of thing. So I'm I, I you're right. I mean, you might be hard-pressed to find a, a reliable source to, to bench Garrett Groshek for, but if you have somebody, it, maybe you do have Jordan Ellis, and you put him on the bench last week because he hadn't necessarily done anything up until then, and and you can switch him out for Garrett Groshek going forward. Maybe that's something you try to to do because um, I don't know that Garrett Groshek has better days ahead of him. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, a guy to look at, another one to look at is like Trey Williams, who has more yards than Garrett Groshek. And a guy that also had a disappointing week last week. So if you think Trey Williams has more upside going forward um, and you have Groshek, that might be a, a good person to target for a trade. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. The last guy on my list, as we talk about, <laughs> is Alonzo Moore finally coming to life. I loved this guy's potential coming into the season so much so that I, I think I reached for him in, in our league, but not really because, you know, I, I valued him where I took him, uh, but I definitely have him on my roster, waited for him. I started him this week because I had a feeling, and doggone if that feeling was not correct, uh, where now Alonzo Moore had 17.9 fantasy points with the touchdown on three catches on 104 yards. Just big plays all over the place. And and he's probably maybe even out there right now on your waiver wire uh, because especially, you know, with these, these short benches and stuff, because we talked about two bench spots, not a lot of people taking a chance on a guy coming into this week with 3.6 combined fantasy points, right? Negative two in week one, 3.8 the week before and nothing uh, in week three. So for him to bust out and have a huge game, I am definitely uh, encouraged by this. Not thrilled about his quarterback as far as <laughs> Perez throwing him the ball, but we have definitely now seen that he can, he can do something with the respect and the trust of his quarterback. And I almost feel like um, Johnson trusts him more. It would be interesting to kind of break down the targets there, how many times Perez versus Johnson has targeted him. But um, yeah, week three, obviously, he did not do well and he only had one target. But if you take week three out, he's averaging 12% of the target share. Um, so I know it's only three targets each week, but in that offense that is running the ball more, um, that's a good chunk of the target share. And, you know, you alluded to the fact that 
the talent is definitely there. Um, and I think, you know, the more you get a guy the ball with that kind of talent, the more good things are going to happen, the more big plays he's going to make. And I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more of them wanting to get the ball in his hands because you can just tell he's got that it factor. He's electric. And so why don't, why wouldn't you want to throw to your electric players? Um, so yeah, I definitely think um, he's somebody who his stock is just going up. Had that 62 yard grab, which was a beautiful catch as well. So you know, again, you just got to sometimes get these guys on a hot streak or get them one good game to build their confidence up. And next thing you know, you're uh, you're all over it. And I, like I said, Alonzo Moore, if he's out there on your waiver wire right now, which again, he probably is. I'm sure a lot of people did not have any faith in him uh, going into this week. So uh, you could probably pick him up for, for free at this point. Yeah, agreed. And not only helps his confidence, but, you know, when you put up that kind of game and you have like a 62 yard catch, your quarterback's confidence in you gets higher. And so he's going to look your way more often. He's going to know that, oh, he's going to beat that coverage. I know I can throw it there and he'll come down with it. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So uh, if you did not get the reference that Justin was alluding to earlier, uh, listen to the NASCAR gambling podcast where Cody, my co-host there is notorious for sneaking in. 15 bets into our one winner bet. But uh, Justin, throwing in another name at the end of our show sheet, which I'm perfectly fine with because the more information we give you guys, the players, the better off you are winning these matchups. So, uh, Justin, you're sneaking in one more name. Who is it and why? Yeah, so this morning the Stallions announced they have signed Bo Scarborough. Uh, formerly of Alabama. Um, this guy, he was a heck of a college running back, um, played 31 games, 1,500 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, 20 touchdowns. He also had 21 receptions for 131 yards. Didn't do bad in the NFL. He was on the Lions and played six games. He had 89 attempts for 377 yards, which is a 4.2-yard average. And then in 2020 at Seattle, he did not, uh, he only had six attempts, but a 5.2 average. He's a guy that can move the ball. Um, it, what is good and bad, I think he is a guy with a lot of talent. If he can continue to run with the fire that he did in college with the toughness, he could do really well in this league. The problem is, what's that do for C.J. Marable and Tony Brooks-James? Um, or do none of them become fantasy relevant because we have three mouths to feed? Um, definitely worth something or worth looking at and worth keeping your eye on. But if you have an open bench spot, look, we know the running back spots are pretty thin, especially if you're in a eight-team league like our expert league. There are not a lot of running backs to go around. So if you're looking for a guy to maybe stash and see what he does, this is a guy to do that with. I will tell you right now that Justin has beat everybody out there in our league as because there's nobody out there with him. So uh, that means that I'm sure Justin's already put his waiver claim in there. Uh <laughs> For everything. confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has. But, I mean, look, on a Birmingham team, you're absolutely right. I mean, C.J. Marable, uh, 34 overall fantasy points heading into week four, uh, you know, plus whatever his just did. And, and Tony Brooks-James kind of right there, too. He's got 16.2. So, really, what does this do to, I think, Tony Brooks-James? Because C.J. Marable, uh, we've seen that they want to give C.J. the ball. 
So mm-hmm. this is this is I think really going to chew more into Tony Brooks James territory if Bo ends up working out for them. Yeah, I agree, and I could almost see um, Bo kind of becoming that short yardage, that goal line type running back because he is a, a bigger, stockier dude. And CJ um, having even more influence in the passing game, catching out of the backfield, um, because that's something he does excel at. And we know that Jamar runs it too. So, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. really what it all ends up being, is that you got four ball carriers uh, on that team all of a sudden with Jamar back in the mix. So, uh, But a good stash candidate. I mean, again, you never know, right? I mean, this guy could end up running away with the whole starting job, and then we're talking about your magnificent call in week five uh, to, to pick him up. And, and if you're really worried about him cutting into like Maribel's um, rushes and you have Maribel, now might be the time to move on him. Um, I, you know, I can't say whether or not that's going to happen, but if you think it's a possibility and it's making you a little nervous, uh, it might be, you might want to see what somebody might give you for him. Again, wheel and deal with these eight, eight uh, team rosters and everything. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of movement you can make on these two. So uh, all right, sure. five weeks in, Justin, we've seen some fantastic football. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm looking forward to uh, what this weekend has to bring. A lot of good games on this slate, a lot of close games on this slate, actually, to be honest with you. I, I'm I'm surprised at, at what we're looking at going into this because I don't know if you'd have told me in week one that we would still have Birmingham as an undefeated team uh, going against the Stars, who I thought would you know obviously be a, a far better team. Uh, yeah, and we've got two, three, and one teams going against each other with the Generals and the Breakers, and then Michigan's going to try to topple uh, to topple Tampa Bay, uh, with their their running game. So a lot of good games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say preseason I missed on the Breakers. I did not expect them to do so well, and I missed on the Maulers. I did not expect them to be so bad. <laughs> Question though, will the Maulers yeah. finally win a game at all this season? Yeah, I if they can't get anything going in the air or I guess on the ground, I mean, they're not being consistent really in either of them. So um, I think they come down with one. I don't know when it'll be, but I don't think they're going to lose every game. And I don't think it's going to be this week. I think the gamblers are pissed off. I think that they're going to come into this game ready to tee off on on the one trick pony maulers because, you know, I, I get that Kirby was a running backs coach, but sorry, buddy, you're running backs. <laughs> aren't going to carry your team absolutely so all right justin why don't you let everybody know where they can find you all over the internet as we wrap this up yeah follow me on twitter at jmark football and then of course you can find me on the sports gambling podcast app and website all over the place he is the usfl man uh, of the hour and we're so thankful to have him doing all of the usfl stuff so all right you can find me on twitter at rj via gomez you can find this show and every other show on the sgpn on the sgpn app of course uh just download it and and get every day you don't even have to worry about it it comes right to you so make sure you do that and of course find the sgpn fantasy world on twitter at sgpn fantasy back on wednesday with more terrell and scott And then we'll be back on Thursday with our Debbie Profiles special guest for you there as well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hopefully you enjoy your USFL Week 5. I know we will. And until next time, let it ride. It's been.